This is the Better Reading Podcast platform with stories behind the story, Jane's Be Better Podcast, my book chat with Caroline Overington and more. Looking for a particular podcast? Remember, you can always skip to it. Welcome to our monthly book chat. I'm Cheryl Arkell. And I'm Caroline Overington. And I love nothing more than having a chat about books. And so does Cheryl. So we thought we would share that conversation with you. Once a month, we'll discuss book and industry news, authors, and the books you should be reading. And maybe just a little bit of gossip. Caroline Overington, you're back. Book chat. Yes, but you caught me just as I was having a mouthful of water. <laughs> Hello, I am back. <laughs> and you can drink your water. So we um, we had a bit of a pause because I was unwell. Now we're back. Do you know our listeners missed us? <laughs> well, I... <laughs> I, I, missed, like, Where I, missed are you? I missed you. Yeah. I know you've been unwell. How are you yeah. feeling? I'm great. I'm great. Okay. I've got a lot to talk about. A lot. Candace Fox's new book, Fire with Fire. Have you read it? I don't think I've actually seen it. How have yeah. you seen it? When's have it you out? It? It's out. It's, it's out, out now. now. Yeah, Goodness yeah. me, it must only be out this week. Um, I love Candace. She's one of Australia's most um, interesting success stories, I think. Really interesting person. Also, too, she rescues animals. She does. She's got a beautiful little girl. Yes. Do you know how she met her husband? I don't. Can you tell me? Oh, it's such a fantastic story. I think I get her to tell me the story every time I see her. She went on a dating app, right, and she decided that she, this is a few years ago now, that she is going to date every single person that reaches out to her. Regardless, she's going to go there and she's going to sit it out and she's going to do it, right? So it was hundreds. I, I was going she... to say because women get swamped on those apps. Yeah, and, and men, I think, wait around for a bite, but yeah. the women are, are yeah, swamped. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So she did every single one. So and she went out with anyone. Anyone. Anyone that, that tapped her, she went out with, right? You can verify this story with her, but I think it's true. Now, then she went out with the guy that, that she eventually married and she was sick. She had some kind of food poisoning and so had to be taken to hospital during the date. <laughs> <laughs> So they went to emergency. Our first date was an emergency. Yeah, they went to emergency and she was vomiting so much um, that he held her hair back and she th- she knew this yeah, was my guy. That's, he's the one. And she tells that story in such he's a fantastic way. She's an amazing person. And, and her and mother fostered hundreds and hundreds of children. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And... I heard about how, you know, she has that fantastic collaboration with James Patterson, mm-hmm. who's the world's most successful yeah. writer. So she just bowled up to him. I love this about At Australians. I just love yeah. this about Australian and Australian women in particular. They just know their worth. Yeah. They know their worth. And so she just bowls up to this man who's like a megastar, mm-hmm. like more money than you can yeah. you can imagine and more power and more sales. She just bowls up to him and says, hi, I'm Candace. Yeah. Next thing you know, she's, she's writing books with him. Yeah, it's extraordinary. And I think they even had lunch with Bill Clinton. Clinton at one point. However, what I really love about her is she did the same thing recently. There's another fabulous um, Australian writer called Lorraine Peck, um, who has a book out at the moment called Second Son. And she hosted her own book launch at Glee Books recently. And guess who showed up? Candace. Yeah. Do you know what I often think, Cheryl? I think the Australian, uh, you know how people are always trying to say that the book world I don't like to say – I'm not going to use the word because I don't like it, but but they always say, oh, people are not supportive of each other. I cannot tell you how, how wrong that is. I, I Women writers in totally. Australia in particular are just 
fabulously supportive of each mm. other. They turn up for each other's launches. Mm-hmm. They blurb each other's books, which means write those mm. little things on the front where they praise each other's books. They support each other in the media. They recommend titles to other women. They form book, group, book clubs together. It's an absolutely supportive environment. And also too, and you, you, because you, um, I know you talk to a lot of um, writers as well, but you know, when, when they're here visiting me, and just today I interviewed Lorraine Peck, right, for a podcast, all she talks about are other authors. Right. She Well, she told me the Candace Fox story and I said to her, you know, uh, what happened at this launch? She said, well, you know, I invited a few people, I invited family and she said, and then all the writing group showed up as well. Yeah. And I just think that's just magnificent. And in many cases, the writing group, if... So you might have a new debut author, a debut author appears and their writing group will be well-known writers Mm -hmm. who are just in the business of supporting somebody else who has a dream. Mm. I know that's true of Ali Lowe as well. Mm. I think Ali's in a position where she was in a writing group and then she got a book deal and Mm. everyone is not, they're not jealous, they're not bitter, they're not Mm. resentful, they're genuinely happy and supportive. Um, Monica McInerney, I don't know if you follow I her I do, on she's Instagram. amazing. But she's always talking about other authors. She's amazing. Have you seen what they've done for her in her hometown? No. So you know how there's no statues of women anywhere in Australia? There's more statues of like uh, Mary, I think, Mother of Christ. And, and <laughs> the number one statue of a woman in Australia is Queen Victoria. I mean, it's really quite outrageous. Mm. I think they say something like 3% of public mm. monuments are dedicated to women. So in her hometown which is in South Australia, they commissioned a statue of Monica and they got a local artist to do it and it's just gorgeous. He did her as a little girl sitting with a book and behind her is a stack of books that form a chimney and so it sits on the roof of a little house, which is what she used to do when she was a child. She used to go and sit in a little cubby house with her books and read and that was was how she fell in love with reading and ultimately fell in love with writing. And so when you look at this statue, you can see the little Monica, you can see the little girl. Mm. They've also named one of the walking trails in in the sort of um, South Australian wine area after her as well. So South Australia has always been the most progressive state, I think, and in terms of recognising women and recognising female achievement, this is just an, I mean, how many statues to female writers do we have in Australia? I mean, really none. None, (laughs) None. But now there is one of Monica McInerney. Oh, well, I'm glad. I think she really deserves it. Now, I wanted to talk about book launches because they're few and far between. Do you go to many? Oh, my goodness, yes. You do? Yes. Maybe not. Yes. I mean, I can't go to every uh, launch that I get invited to, of course, but I do try to go to as many as I can. So this year, for example, I went went to the one, Shannon Malloy did a book launch. Isn't he wonderful? He's the nicest person, but he had it at the Burdekin Hotel. And some of your listeners will know Oxford Street in Sydney. So it's kind of like the the sort of same-sex gay lesbian capital of Australia with the rainbow painted on the road there. And the Burdekin is a kind of well-known pub. And I thought to myself, I'm going to be the straightest but also the oldest person there. Mm, mm, for sure. <laughs> by, by, a very, by a very long way. <laughs> because Shannon was there with his beautiful husband. They, of course, now have a little girl who is a total boss. I don't yeah. know if you follow him on Instagram, but she is a boss. Like, actually, they tell this amazing story that she was born via a surrogate in Hawaii. Oh, wow. And they had to go to Hawaii during COVID, get special permission from the government to leave the country, and they had to go and pick her up 
up and then when they picked her up they had to bring her to Australia and then two weeks in quarantine. So these two husbands who hadn't spent wow. a lot of time with newborns before and I think that she's such a boss now because she figured out then, you guys don't know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> and I do. And you're going to do it my way. <laughs> exactly. It was a fabulous book launch and I didn't turn out to be the only person there because Shannon's mum was there who's always been a huge supporter of his and massively proud so that was great. Oh yeah. I talked to him recently. He's fantastic. Hey, speaking of babies, speaking of babies. Who's had a baby? Uh, well, these lovely um, women that live in my apartment block, they are pregnant, uh-huh. right? And what I do is I always give a little book pack. Mm-hmm. Do you do that? No. And it's the same <laughs> books every time. What do you give? Well, I've got the list here. Where is the Green Sheep by Mem Fox. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ten Little Fingers, Ten Little Toes uh-huh. by Mem Fox. Who Sank the Boat uh-huh. by Pamela Allen. I love that so much, yes. that book. I love it because there's a little mouse on the boat that's knitting. It's really appealed to me, you know. And the other one is Welcome Child by Sally Morgan. Uh-huh. And I go up to Berkeley anytime I need to give a gift and I buy those. It's four, I think, and gift them. And I think... Reading and having books around as a baby and a child is so important. This has actually been proven by one study after another that yeah, homes that right? with books in yeah. them, the children do better at school, but not just in terms of their written work and not just in terms of their reading and writing. They do better socially. Yeah, They wow. do better in terms of making friends. Mm-hmm. They're better at team sports. They have more empathy. They yeah. understand other kids better because you've walked in someone else's shoes. Yeah. Um, and do you know, for me, um, because when I grew up, and you probably know this, I've probably told you this story a hundred times, I couldn't speak English and I couldn't read or write, obviously, and so so I relied on people to read me picture books, you know, um, in the classroom. And I started to fall in love with picture books because I could tell the story through the pictures rather than being able to read the words. But that was very formative to me. I wonder if, if there was no access to books, how my childhood would have turned out. But then my sisters started to sit there. They worked out that to read a book, you could use a dictionary. And so they... Oh, clever. Yeah, so they would interpret it. But one one time I came home with an ingredients list because, of course, I like cooking back then and we were making apple snow and I was in kindergarten and I didn't know what, it, what that list was. So, you know, my sisters, Joan and Beryl, got out the dictionary and started to work out what I had to take and they worked it out like, you know, I can't remember, uh, bowl, whisk, whatever it was that you had to take. But the one thing they got wrong was for a baking tray, they gave me a chopping board. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that um, was close, right? Yeah, that yeah. actually not that close. Like a baking tray and a chopping board are totally different. Well, they're not in shape. Oh, but weren't they written down? The words were written down? Yes. Interesting. Yeah, That's yeah interesting. that was the only thing they got wrong. That's but so anyway, I came back home with some apple snow. But... <laughs> <laughs> You know Which your mother would have, would have immediately perfected and improved. <laughs> yes. Well, she just looked at it and said, what's that? But uh, just going back to that and the power, I think, of gifting, I think, little board books is just so incredible. Yes. Because those stories live with you forever. They do. You know what's interesting? The books that I read as a child would be the same ones you read. Yeah. But when my children were very small, we lived in New York and Americans have different children's yeah, books. They course. don't read Mem Fox. Yes. Of course they don't. Yeah. And so there's a book called Brown Bear. And yes. It, yes, it goes like this. Brown bear, brown bear, what do you see? I see a red horse looking at me. 
Red horse, red horse, what do you say? By the end of it, I could have thrown it yeah, at the wall. Yeah, yeah, but you know, that's it. It's rhyming language. Rhyme. And also colours. It's yes. teaching you colours because, as, as you say, it's a board book. Yeah. And so when you open it, they also have one about um, Sebastian and the Magic Pebble, which I don't think we do very mm, much here. I don't know. No, and they yes. do a lot more Dr. Zeus than we do. We yes. do a lot of Dr. Yes. Zeus, but they have, oh, the places you go as a yeah. massive book mm. for young people mm. as well. Do you remember the uh, Morris Sendak books, the little yeah. Yeah, books. Yeah, yeah, oh man, I love those. Yeah. And I was in that. And house. where the wild, where the oh, wild, wild things, things are. are. No, Little Bear appealed to me more because it was domestic, and she yeah. was cooking and sent home. Oh, yeah, and yeah, I just yeah. thought that's me. That's and me. isn't there one about? <laughs> isn't there one about a red um, somebody who won't help bake the bread? What's yeah, that one? I don't know. There's a chicken. Oh, the little red hen. The little red hen. The little yeah. red hen. Yeah. And then yeah. she wants help. Baking yes. the bread and nobody Hitchens. will help her. Hitchens is the author. I can't remember the first name. Yes. yes. And then at the end of it, they all want to eat it. She's like, well, no, you no. didn't help me. Yeah. Um, and, of course, John Brown Rose and the Midnight Cat by well, Jenny Wagner. And why is that special to oh, you? Oh, so special. Why is it special <laughs> Because to my you? dog, well, I named my dog after that John Brown, and he's a big England sheep dog in the book. But that book is beautiful. I mean, so few words and so powerful in its message. Anyway, we're not here to talk about kids' book, or are we? Hey, listen. <laughs> Just before we go, a couple of things coming up. And you can throw in what you're doing as well because I know you're busy doing stuff. Words on the Waves, I'm going to be there um, May the 31st to June the 5th. It's on the Central Coast. And I'm moderating a panel on June the 3rd with Pip Williams. Oh, fantastic. Todd Alexander. And Morgan McIntosh, um, which is a book called Pardon My French. What are you doing? Fabulous. Well, I think I might be away. And oh. I think that's so uh, – I know – Do you know uh, May is absolutely crammed with writers' festivals. Mm. In fact, it's a bit frustrating for many people because Sydney is on in May. It is too. Melbourne yes. is on in May. Yeah. Brisbane is on in May. Bendigo is on in May. Yeah, the Addy Road Festival is on in yeah, May. Yeah, the World's yeah. on the Waves on in May. So I don't know – do you know why they've all been crammed into one month? I think because they share the authors. Right, okay. Yeah, so the authors, like particularly if an author's coming from overseas, for instance, well, right. I think they share the cost and oh, so I see. they go to, yeah, I see. all the festivals. So, But does that mean there won't be any good festivals in the second half of the year? Let's hope not. Uh, there's always Melbourne in the second half of no, the Melbourne's year. No, Melbourne's moved to May. It was oh, September. Okay. It's all, yeah, it's on right. a, almost at the same time as Sydney. All there's right. about a week and a half in it. And you're going to be away in terms of taking holidays? No, not necessarily. I'm oh, be doing okay. a little bit of a work trip. Oh, okay. Right. There you go. Well, you can tell us about that next time. Listen, what are you reading? What's happening? What's your favourite book at the moment? Well, you tell me what yours is. Well, it's got to be the bookbinder of Jericho. I was going to say mine's the bookbinder oh, of Jericho. Are you going to say that too? I mean, I, I mean, wow. I, well, and also I listened to the podcast that you did um, with Pip Williams as well, which was just, she's just such an astonishing storyteller, isn't she? And such a beautiful, warm, kind person. And I think you can feel that in the pages of the book. I mean, it's a really beautiful book. And also too, um, what I find, um, and I'm sure I spoke to her about this, is to get that second book right. I mean, that is rare. And that is rare for people to say the story's as strong as the first one. Yes, although as she was saying to you on that podcast, she was saying, I, I'm doing a companion book to a book <laughs> at a, before it goes on sale, so I don't really know whether the first book has done well. As it turned out, it was a smash hit. So mm, she's the, the, the Dictionary of Lost Words did so well that it makes sense to have a companion book. But I thought it was very funny when she was talking to you and she said, so I was just kind of writing this book that's a companion to the first book that maybe flopped. <laughs> 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 Didn't flop. <laughs> I wonder what would have happened then. Anyway, all right, we've got to let you go. Caroline Overington, thank you so much for your time. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you enjoyed this podcast, leave us a review and check out the other podcasts on the Better Reading Network.